welcome to the show. So what you what you been up to the last how many years has it been? Five years since I saw you last, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. We're we're about to uh, we celebrate our our six year anniversary this year. So we've been uh, spreading our wings in all things data science and data analytics. Great. And how has your role changed uh, since you started this adventure with Metis? I think initially my role was was very focused on getting our bootcamp business launched. That's still our probably the, the main thing that we're, we're known about. We've been able to expand that to other cities and countries. But I would say now as we focus on our mission of educating people to find value in data, that means I get to kind of explore a lot of other areas. So things that we're doing with companies, things that we're doing with universities, uh, online products. So I get to sort of explore, you know, many, many different ways of sort of how to, how to help people find value in data. Yeah. And, you know, everybody comes to me, I mean, you come up in conversation a lot, you know, um, and it's controversial too, because, you know, there is a need out there to learn more about the topic matter. And it, there is a choice of formats of how you learn stuff. How'd you come up with the idea of doing it the way that you're doing it now? It does seem to be fitting a niche, obviously, because you're enormously successful at it. But how did how did it how did it get to where it's at today, where you're running this business like this? Yeah, I wish I wish I could say there was like some uh, uh, you know tr- tremendous analysis behind this all. I'd say, as you know, Brian, Metis is a part of Kaplan. Uh, Kaplan has been around a long time. They've worked in a lot of mature industries, and we were uh, I was with Kaplan, still am. We were thinking about how to expand beyond test prep and career acceleration came up very quickly. And this is, uh, you know, this is six years ago. So when some of the first boot camps were around and we said, well, that's, that's an interesting model. That's not terribly dissimilar to how test prep works, right? Test prep, you basically uh, have a great instructor, a well thought out curriculum, a dedicated student and a limited amount of time. And if you kind of munge those things together, uh, hopefully somebody's future is changed for the better. Hopefully you get into a grad school that maybe you never would have otherwise. So with, with boot camps, I think it's a similar promise. Hopefully you open up a career or a career door that you never would have. So the, the, the logic for why Kaplan and thus myself would be interested was because it felt very similar to what we did. Then the question became how to, how to do it. And so I spent you know, almost a year on the road talking to lots of founders and companies and entrepreneurs, trying to learn everything I could about the space. And uh, we made the decision to launch in December 2013. And ironically, we did it with a Ruby on Rails backend development bootcamp in Boston. I say it's ironic because we're not in Boston and we don't do Ruby on Rails backend development anymore. Yeah. But it was uh, it was enough of a kind of good good step forward that we said we're sort of onto something here. Uh, it took us about another six months before we expanded into data science and felt like that was really sort of our calling for, for Metis. Yeah, and the industry's changed a little bit when you say, and even the last six years, I mean, is it a bubble and is it going to burst? So is it a bubble and is it going to burst? I think that... Data science is not going away. Data science is not a bubble. Uh, 
Um, and, and what I mean by that is um, the trend that companies are going to produce more and more data. So the, the volume of data, the, the types of data, the speed at which it's being created, the sources, all of that is going to increase. And therefore, the desire for companies to find value in the data is going to increase. As long as, long as those two things, because I believe there's competitive value, uh, as long as those two things hold true, there is going to be the need for people to help to make sense of it. Whether you know data scientist, as it's defined today, uh, you know, is will change. I think. I think. I would. I would think so, and I and I expect it to. Um, for one, there's no agreement on what the what the term even means, or what or what it's defined as, and so uh, you have a proliferation of different job descriptions are out there. Uh, we look at our own graduates from Medis, and while data scientist is the most popular job description, there's probably some you know 30 plus that students have had afterwards. And, and so I think that means that sort of the kind of the day-to-day the, the -day role is, is in flux and there's lots of differing roles that overlap. And, you know, that's why there are uh, uh, ever, ever new Venn diagrams that are showing up in terms of sort of what is actually the, uh, what is data science? But the, the underlying, um, the underlying work, the underlying need to uh, uh, apply in sort of a scientific way a process to solving problems uh, and, and, and using data to do so, that I don't see changing. What is your advice to um, people who come to you? Can you describe your interaction with either, you know, future students, current students, or, you know, recent graduates? Like, can you give me a couple... Uh, do you have any stories of interactions you had with these students and what they came looking to you for and what your answer was, or do you, are you pretty hands off with that? No, I can, I can, I can give some stories. So I, I think you're asking specifically about our, our, our retail business. So the, so the boot camp business and uh, the people who come to us are folks that are looking to accelerate their, their career or, or change career direction. Uh, they might be they might be uh, students, uh, recent graduates of college or of, the, of a master's or PhD program. They might be analysts. They might be uh, software developers. They could be researchers, product managers. It is it is a a real gamut of of, of roles. But but for the most part, all of them um, have hit some point where they feel like uh, I. I, what I'm doing is going to, my enjoyment in what I'm doing today is going to hit a ceiling. And I really like what, I really like what sort of those people over there are doing. I really like playing with, with data and getting, rolling up my sleeves and, and getting messy with it. And I want to be doing that kind of work, but I don't fully know how to do it. Most folks, I think that come to us have taken the online courses. There's tremendous value in a lot of the online courses that are out there. Uh, there's great free resources. And I think what that does is it helps kind of confirm for folks, hey, this is something I'm interested in. I like to code. Uh, I like to solve problems analytically. I like to use math to solve problems. You know, truth be told, if that's not you, this then then pursuing data science or data analytics isn't isn't for you either. We would never encourage somebody to enroll in Metis who hasn't first, you know, sort of developed an interest in in, in programming. I mean, do you, do you um, find that? I mean, do you find people that, have you ever told someone, hey, this just isn't for you? I mean, you should be, you know, doing something else. <laughs> we, we say that to people all the time. 
um, yeah, I mean, in terms of sort of our, uh, you know, our acceptance rate, it's, you know, it's around uh, about, you know, 30, 30% or so. So there are a lot of people who um, come to medicine, we think are not yet ready for this. And, and, and a primary reason is because they haven't yet sort of gotten comfortable enough with the uh, uh, software development and math skills that are going to be necessary to be successful in the job. So we'll often encourage people to get your feet wet, to learn, take Python classes, take some, uh, you know, some of the, the, the requisite math classes, make sure this is something you like doing. Uh, you can do a lot of that with Metis. We have, you know, classes that we can offer. Uh, and then when you're ready, let's, uh, and you're ready to sort of now uh, kind of turbocharge that part of your career journey, let's resume the conversation. Have you kept your pulse on the efforts to make data science more accessible, like the AutoML, the data robots and all that? Um, and what's your impression of what it's going to look like in the future for someone to conduct data science? So, uh, you know, to, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not super engaged on some of the, the different tools uh, uh, and platforms that you're describing to uh, automate machine learning. What I mean by that is I'm not myself sort of too, too steep in them. But if I sort of step back, what I think is going to happen is that uh, some of the, the more uh, routinized or maybe mundane tasks that data scientists have to spend a lot of time with will be able to be done by these kind of platforms, right? And even if we just simply focus on the cleaning of data, that's an enormous time drain for data scientists. Most, I would say, don't terribly enjoy it, but it's the price of doing the work. There are, uh, you know, emerging technologies and systems that are going to help to do that. And I think that means that over time, uh, data scientists, as we know it, will spend less time doing that. And that means we're going to spend more time on sort of other parts of the of the process, doing more of the uh, analysis, doing more of the communication, um, doing more, certainly more of the asking of questions and, and, and uh, hypothesizing. So I think the tools definitely have a place. They will, you know, whichever ones catch fire will catch fire. And it means that the aspects of the data science role will will shift, but it won't obviate the need for data scientists. And that goes back to kind of my original point, which is so long as there is there is the need to sort of ask questions of what can I do with all this data? What sort of problem can I solve? Uh, how do I make sense of it? And then, mo and then probably most important, like how do I share these insights with other people who are not nearly as close to it as me? Then there is gonna be a role for data scientists or, or whatever they're called in the future. Interesting. And, you know, I kind of wonder sometimes how data science may become a general skill set that everybody or some people in certain fields at least need to have. Um, or how much does it take away pursuing one's passion? Like a passion of yours I heard today it was quite niche. You like billard movies. Um, I don't know if the audience knows what that is meant to define it. But it, it may go as the same with science, you know, science and discoveries. Like, I like time series problems. Um, now, if everybody's doing that now as a generalized thing, it becomes maybe less interesting. Do you agree? 
Um, I, I agree to a point. Uh, so, to, so first of all, just to back up, since you referenced billiards movies, so billiards or uh, pool is my uh, is part of my alter ego. <laughs> now that I'm now that I'm telling you, uh, I blog about billiards movies and billiards TV episodes and billiards films, and I've been doing so uh, for the past six years as well. And that, that's my that's my niche. Is uh, it's something that I feel like I have a perspective on, and I like to write about it. Um, I think with, with, with data science, uh, you know, it's, it is about sort of taking your tech, taking one's technical skills and marrying them with problems that you like to solve. Uh, hopefully those are problems at your, at your workplace, assuming you're doing this for employment. But, uh, you know, the, you go back to sort of what, what is a, what are the traits that make a great data scientist? I think many of us would say it starts with curiosity. I got to be really curious about solving problems, and and then I, I want to want to be passionate. You want to be able to apply that curiosity to something that you care about. Just to give one 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 example, sure. going back to your previous question about like uh, you know stories. I mean, we had a student. This was a couple of years ago, but I always I always reference this. Uh, and this was a, a student who one of his um, you know passions was was basketball. And so when he was at Metis, uh, he did his final project on uh, creating sort of a, uh, um, a essentially sort of a, a motion tracker that used computer vision to track uh, uh, athletes' movement on the court. So you see this technology is very common in the NBA, but uh, not common uh, in college or certainly in high school sports. So he figured out a way to do it where you could upload YouTube videos and, and track the players and produce this sort of analytics. And uh, he, he graduated, he went on to IBM, but uh, after that, he actually got employed by the um, Philadelphia 76ers. So it's, it's kind of a great story of how if you follow your passion and you marry it with data science, it can really take you into great places. It became a dream job for them. You've seen the journey over even in six years of people coming into a program, the boot camps, and coming out and doing brilliant things. Um, and you've probably seen some folks go through boot camps and do nothing with it as well. Um, and along that journey, you know, where do you see your personal journey with this? I mean, are you... Have you learned something from this experience of pushing data science forward? Are you, you know, you still passionate about it? And, you know, is this what you plan on doing in five years or where are you at? Uh, I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty lucky because, uh, you know, I've had the ability uh, from within Kaplan to essentially create uh, a company and to, work with super talented people to, to grow this. It has really, and it's free, and it's been a chance just to um, democratize data science, to sort of pr provide an environment for people to interact with experts and really try to uh, untangle what is, what is data science, what does it mean, how is it used in the workplace, uh, et cetera. And that is both super exciting and also tremendous learning. I mean, we have 28 speakers. I'm learning just a ton from each one of them. Where do you find these network of speakers? I mean, is this is that part of the practices going out and uh, you know socializing to find them, or do they just appear in your doorstep? Where do they come from? <laughs> they, uh, I 
I think you would agree with me that the data, the data science slash, you know, software development community is um, is very giving of their time. So, and it's not it's not that large, right? So you 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 know, you learn about data scientists and from from lots of other people out there. I've you know, followed people on LinkedIn and their blogs and the research and. Uh, do you credentialize? So, I, I mean, do these? Do you credentialize them? I mean, do you say, okay, this person has a PhD, therefore, you know, they know what they're talking about? Because it's a little tricky with you, where you're you're pitching sometimes folks to get into the field who aren't taking the traditional uh, Ivy Tower, Ivory Tower path, right? Yeah. So I so the short answer is no. I, I definitely do not credentialize. Um, if we're if we're talking about our instructors, uh, that whether they do our corporate training or a boot camp, I would say we have an immensely rigorous process for screening them and, and, and interviewing and selecting them. But it it never starts with a the academic degree. I've been a firm believer that that is not uh, well. That's that is important and meaningful. Uh, it is not sort of a filter that I that I want to use. It's the same reason why for our boot camp we've never said, oh, a student needs to have a master's or a PhD or even a bachelor's. Um, for, for the speakers, uh, my general feeling is if somebody is out there doing really interesting work and it's work that I can see, I can uh, go to their blog or I can you know, follow something that they've written or I've seen them speak somewhere else. If they are passionate about something and I think that that would be meaningful to our audience, uh, whether that audience is aspiring data scientists or that audience is uh, sort of tech savvy business leaders that are looking to 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 be more data centric, then I'm gonna you know I'm gonna invite them to to come in and talk. Well, we we definitely have some real academics on this podcast occasionally. And then we also have people who, on their own time and in their own have learned or taught us something or built something that's quite amazing as well. So we have both sides of perspective. So I think there'll be a strong reaction to what you're suggesting here, which if I'm reading it correctly, is that merit to you sometimes has to do with the character of the person and the passion of what they study and what they bring to the table. Am I correct? Yeah, exactly. And, and their accomplishments and, but their accomplishments is not, I'm not defining accomplishments as their, their, their academic pedigree. So, um, you know, again, if, if somebody has invested, uh, you know, three, three months uh, pouring over data and doing, a, doing some kind of data visualization and the process has taught them uh, X, Y, and Z skills on how to, how to analyze it and, 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 you know, and extract value from it, I think that's really exciting. I think uh, our potential students, our larger audience will find that really exciting. What are your... I'm, I'm a firm... Yeah, go ahead. No, I just I'm a, I'm a firm believer in how do we make uh, data science, data analytics as accessible to people as possible, and uh, I don't want to get caught up in what what degree is required to do. What that. impact is the technology's change? I mean, there's obvious. You know, you know, I, I work for one of the service partners of the world and Google World, and what is the impact that the cloud and other technologies and Python has it made to making data science accessible? In, in general, I think Python is a, is, 
has been great for the for the data science community. It's um, you know it's a, a, a relatively easy language to learn. It's got a very robust uh, community. Um, you know the the stack is is extremely well developed, and so it makes sort of it. it it is um, forward-looking in terms of the types of analysis and, and thinking that one would want to do with it. So I think that has um, really helped to advance the, the, the type of, of learning and, and, and uh, value finding that people want to do. And again, sort of creating this sort of uh, this, this community. With, with that said, I don't think there is anything about Data, data science, data analytics, that is tool specific. Uh, what I mean by that is, uh, I certainly hope Python does not go away, but if Python were to go away to be replaced by another language that for whatever reason was a better fit, then I think the community will adapt. Uh, and and we, we know that, we know languages uh, come and go. We certainly know tools and platforms come and go. Um, I, don't, I don't think there is, there is any single tool or technology that is, uh, while there are prerequisites today for doing some of this work, I don't think any of them are, uh, you know, if, if they were disrupted, would, would pose a, a long-term problem for the, for the field and for the work that has to be done. Speaking of disruption, what about the capabilities that are coming up in the consumer space and business space that includes AI and, um, you know, self-driving cars or whatever you, you speech to text or whatever it is, there's obviously some disruptors going on here. What are your personal thoughts on those? And is it exciting to be a part of that evolution? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, I think, I think the, you know, our, our imagination for, for what can be done. I mean, this is, this is an incredible time. Uh, every industry is, is, is being disrupted. There are so many changes that are immediately visible to us. And I think, you know, from as a you know, from somebody who, who runs a business in this space, I think it's a tremendous boon because people want to be a part of uh, 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 of doing that. We've had students who have come to us saying, "I, you know, I'm so excited about the notion of self-driving cars," and now they're working at companies, you know, that are that are making that. Uh, we've all interacted with recommendation systems, and you know, students will do final projects where they create their own recommendation system. So, uh, and certainly advances in, in natural language processing and speech to text. I mean, again, students come in with these ideas of what they can do and they leave with you know, some of the, some of the, some of the ability to do this stuff. So I think it's, I think it all, uh, I, there, I mean, there are a host of, of if, uh, you know, with all these advances, there's a, there's a host of issues that we all as, as citizens need to be sensitive to. Okay. There's tremendous issues around bias. Yeah, well, you, but I you hit on my favorite topic. If you listen to my podcast, <laughs> I, you know I'm going to ask the question is, you know, what is the precautionary tale? What what could go wrong here with this stuff? Uh, <laughs> I think I think what what could go wrong is, at sort of the highest level is is uh, we're not always sure what we're what we're what's underneath the hood of what we're building or how what we're building is being used or how to interpret the results of what has been built um you know it's not it's not anyway to suggest this is sort of um you know magic it's it's not but there's a there's a lot of different things that 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 go together uh, you know under underneath the hood 
there is uh, that is as a result of sort of the, the, the data and the, and the people who you know who, who who built the technology, ill-intentioned or 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 often not. So what can go wrong is is when you sort of put these things together, it's not a hundred percent certain what the outcome will be or how and uh, and how that data uh, and how those uh, algorithms and analyses will be used in the future. And that's that's something, and, and we see that all the time. We see, uh, you know, there's 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 uh, you know there's there's hiring bias. There's uh, you know it's it's affecting you know it's affecting every industry. That in of itself is not a reason to uh, put on the brakes, but it is a reason that we've got to be much more thoughtful about the 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 data we're using, about the the underlying algorithms. And, and sort of, and how we're interpreting the results of that data. Absolutely, and I love that, that keeping that in mind of how to keep it real, you know? Um, so I think we got, we're coming close to our you know, 21.6 minutes. We try to keep it down to that because the average commute time, as I told you earlier. Um, any kind of sentiment you want to leave behind or you know, how to find you or what to, how to contribute or anything you want to leave behind for the audience? Don't be afraid of, of taking that, that first step. Uh, you know, I think sometimes data science uh, can be quite intimidating and it, you know, like anything, it's, uh, you know, you can eat an elephant if you do it one bite at a time. You just, there's, there's baby steps to be taken. So I would encourage everybody to just, uh, you know, kind of dip their, dip their toes in the water. And if you are, uh, well versed in this, and you're and you're an expert at it, then I encourage you to think about giving back, to think about teaching others, whether it's teaching as a profession, or you know being a mentor, or simply just sort of sharing your craft and skill through you know meetups and talks and everything like that. Uh, this is a this is a great opportunity to share with a much larger audience. So, Metis, uh, M-E-T-I-S, my organization has a lot of different ways to do that. People can can. Uh, get involved with our Slack community. They can get involved in meetups in our various cities. We do lots of free online events, uh, and certainly would welcome people reaching out to me personally at uh, Jason at thisismetis.com. Awesome. 